Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dotchis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode number three of the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Marnie Dodges-Marmette, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie May Potter. And today we have our very first guest on the show, Betsy Weiner. Betsy is a guru, mentor, and teacher in many areas, including yoga, meditation, wellness coaching, and she focuses on guiding clients toward their highest purpose and their best life. So I'm here today with Betsy Weiner, um, yoga teacher extraordinaire, um, (laughs) who I've known now for a lot of years. Actually, she was friends with my brother before she was ever on my radar, which is kind of funny when you think about it. But she was my, she still is actually my mentor and I consider to be a fabulous um, yoga teacher. I did my yoga teacher training with her and she's gone on to do multiple things, has tons and tons of education, which you'll hear about. And so Betsy, tell us how you got started on your yoga journey and how it's evolved into so much more over the years. Sure. Yeah. Um, And thanks again for for having me on the podcast today. So thank you. I actually started practicing yoga when I was living in Los Angeles in 1991. My first practice was an Ashtanga practice, which is a vigorous, flowing practice, really the foundation of what we consider modern vinyasa flow yoga. And um, I was really, I was hooked from the first class, really. I just, I loved it. Uh, it really spoke to me and created a sense of community uh, as, a, as a newer person to Los Angeles. It made a big difference in terms of my community and what we call a Sangha in yoga. So I felt like I really had a Sangha. And when I moved back to Minneapolis in 1995, was looking for a teacher and a Shanga teacher and found Jennifer Gray at the, yoga, at the newly formed yoga center in Minneapolis. So that was actually in 1999. So I was practicing on my own, sort of, <laughs> for those few years in between. And Jennifer really opened the door to me as my first mentor to say, hey, why don't you think about teaching? So had an opportunity to go through a teacher training with David Swenson in the year 2001 and started teaching at the yoga center almost right away when I got back. So I uh, started with David and, and Jennifer, of course, and then a number of other teachers <laughs> along the way and met my now teacher, Yoga Rupa Rod Stryker, who's uh, the founder of Para Yoga in the Sri Vidya lineage, a Tantra tradition, but the Tantra where we keep our clothes on. That's a different tantra, not the one I uh, practice and teach. Uh, Met him in 2005 and um, have really committed to that path and that journey. Uh, I'm now a level two 
are a yoga certified teacher. There are just uh, 27 of us in the world, actually. So I feel really Which honored. Which is amazing. Be a part of that. Yeah, I feel really grateful. And, and uh, it's been a labor of love for sure. Um, but the evolution certainly where I think like most people, when I first started practicing, felt like yoga was this thing I did with my body and there was some breathing and I had a community and it really evolved into something much deeper, a way to transform my life, really, my thinking, my trajectory, how I see the world, how I see myself. Uh, it still is a foundation of, of physical practice, for sure, but also meditation and practices like Yoga Nidra that have really opened up multiple opportunities for self-exploration, uh, self-awareness, and then how I move that out into the world as a teacher. So how did you take all of that knowledge and form Amrita Wellness? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I felt like there was, you know, this disconnect a little bit, maybe people that hadn't experienced some of the deeper practices, whether it was meditation again or yoga nidra, that how, how do we open those doors to them where it's not scary? you know, in a language that they can understand. Not everybody uh, is a yogi and wants to practice, you know, um, yoga. And so it really became this way. And how am I going to move this out into the world for everybody? Uh, and especially the people who are under a lot of stress and, and really could use some of the, the more um, calming and centering practices. So we see it as more of a complete pr uh, picture. And again, I call it sort of traditional wisdom for modern living because it's how we apply these traditional techniques, Ayurveda, yoga, uh, breathing techniques, pranayama, meditation, yoga nidra, and apply them to our modern life. So it doesn't become something separate that we do. It becomes integrated into everything that we do. So it's, you know, how we eat, how we move, how we breathe, how we focus, all of, you know, all of these pieces. And so I really felt compelled to share it with with everybody. And it, it also sort of grew out of this, uh, the teacher training work. I started uh, co-facilitating teacher training in 2003 and, um, you know, touching some of these people's lives that were then going to be moving uh, the information out into the world past me. So how, if, I, if I light my own light, how do I light the light of others? Just like my teacher, right, inspired me. How do I then do the work of inspiring others so they can move that, their unique light and purpose out into the world? So that was really the foundation of, of how Amrita started. And the word Amrita, um, Amrit is the nectar of life. It rests in, somewhere in the midbrain. And it's, it's really our, our, the, um, this nectar of living, of joy, of meaning, of purpose, of freedom. And so Amrita really is, is how, do we, how do we cultivate more of this in our lives? And if I can be the facilitator of that or the inspirer of that in some way, then uh, I feel like I'm doing my job. Yeah, I think a lot of people could really benefit from that. Um, that sounds amazing, Betsy. Um, one thing that you mentioned a couple times was you talked about yoga nidra. Can you explain for our audience? what that is? Yeah, so yoga nidra, it, it really is a practice of yogic sleep, which is sort of funny because you're not actually going to go to sleep. Uh, but just like we talk about yoga as a practice and a state of being, yoga nidra is also a practice and a state of being. 
So yoga nidra is a practice where you lie down on the ground comfortably and you're being um, led through a rotation of consciousness, let's say, in order to have this trace of awareness while the body is at rest, while the mind is at rest. And it really allows the practitioner to move into a deeper state of awareness, of consciousness. It's very profound, very transformational. Uh, they say that um, yoga nidra, just a 20-minute practice, 20 or 30-minute practice of yoga nidra equates to about three hours of deep sleep. So for people who are very sleep deprived, which a lot of people are, this practice can really help revive and revitalize. It's not a it's not a panacea, of course. You still if you're sleep deprived, you still need to sleep. But <laughs> it's a good idea. But it can help completely relax the body. It's really the ultimate practice of self awareness and self care. Um, and it's also where we plant what's called the seed of sankalpa or intention. So it's very transformational practice and accessible to anyone, really. You don't have to sit up in a meditation practice. You know, you're sitting up and for some people that can be uncomfortable. So in this practice, although it's different, the technique is different from meditation. The aim is the same, which is to connect with consciousness, to connect with that deeper awareness and, and uh, witness or rest in state of, of the observer. Awesome. It's amazing. I've tried it before at yeah. the yoga center or what is it called yeah. now? The yoga retreat or the yoga center retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the old yoga center. I've taken some yoga nidra classes and yeah, pretty, it's an amazing experience. Yeah, I think I already decided sign me up because I need, I need <laughs> <Okay>. that for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll be your next one. Right. So oh, good. Good. when you work with clients, what do you typically like, how do you get your message across to them? Or what are you trying to, are they coming to you with a specific reason? Or do you have just some sort of overarching kind of um, goals or like things that you want to accomplish with your clients? Yeah, I mean, I think the benefit of working one-on-one -on -one with clients is that it can be very specific to their unique experience. So it really just depends on what they've come to me for. If it's for desires work, if it's uh, meditation practice, if it's the holistic health coaching, um, it really just depends on what it is that they need. And then hopefully we work together so that they have tools. Really, it's about filling your toolbox, right? So that you have practices, techniques, things to lean on so that when you come away, I guess if I could say there's a... I don't like to use the word goal necessarily, but if there's an aim, let's say it's to empower people to trust that they have the answers that they need, hopefully by utilizing these tools, techniques, and modalities that they've now had experience with in some way so that they can lean on them as, as they need them. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the four desires. Can you explain a little bit more about the four desires? Yes. Yeah, I would love to. So The Four Desires is a book that my teacher wrote a number of years ago, and there are um, a number of us who are Four Desires certified coaches, so we went through the program ourselves. Many of us have been through it numerous times, and it's really um, a deep dive into understanding your soul's purpose. So really, our greatest suffering in life comes from not knowing who we are or not knowing what we're here to do. And so it's a very systematic approach to uncovering who you are 
Uh, it's not your job. It's not your career, but it's what you bring to everything you do. It's your unique purpose in the world. Also looking at what the belief or beliefs are that are standing in your way of understanding that part of yourself, the beliefs, the ideas that keep you stuck, and then learning to build a life of intention. That word I used before, I think, sankalpa. So this intention of how to live our lives. And it's very profound and meaningful work. I can certainly speak to the efficacy of it for myself, but for the many clients that I've walked through the process who have opened studios and written books and changed careers. And uh, really, it's been really incredible watching uh, the people go through this work and, and how it impacts and, and touches their lives. So I really, I walk them through the process. I'm just there to help facilitate, you know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, you can read a book and it's conceptual, uh, but when you have somebody holding you accountable so that it becomes uh, an experience that you've touched, that you've done through, it's, it's about doing the work. But once you've done the work, um, you, can, you know, you can't unknow what you know. <laughs> so once you know it, uh, hopefully you build the intention to, to move through your life that way. And of course, you know, I, I call it sort of weaving your unique uh, thread in the fabric of life. So once you've done that, you really tap into this part of yourself that's a part of everything. And, and again, just profound and, and life-changing work. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, how fulfilling is that for you? Um, Incredibly. To to help people, right? Um, especially, yeah. like you said, open up new businesses and write books. And yeah. so you work with the four desires. You're working one-on-one. -on -one. Do you do any other sort of um, coaching in this way or just one-on-one -on -one work with people? Uh, it's been, I do workshops as well. There have been weekend workshops. I'm hoping to get a Four Desires workshop, possibly retreat on the calendar for this winter. Out of town. Uh, and yeah, I hope so. I hope oh so. my gosh, I want to go. I know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a warm and sunny destination. <laughs> I still so have Lutzen, my Not in Lutzen? <laughs> no, no, maybe not. not in Lutzen. <laughs> I still have um, my book and my workbook upstairs. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> waiting to. Okay, good. Good. Whenever you're ready, it'll be there for you. Um, how, how long? No, but, yeah, I was just yeah. going to say, how long would you say that process typically takes from start to finish to go through? Obviously, you know, a weekend workshop is where you're immersed in it, but let's say you're yeah. working with someone, you know, not on a weekend workshop. How long? is the process and and does it depend on the person and how much work they're putting into it yeah sure i mean i i so i've tended what has worked out uh for it seems like for my clients and for myself have been eight sessions we space it out every other week because i really want to give people the space to sit with the work do the meditations they're getting meditations as well that I, that i've recorded um that come directly out of the book and so um uh, it seems like this longer period of time seems to work better. I really want people, like I said, really want people to just sit with the work, let it sink in. Um, so it's been eight sessions every other week. Some clients, of course, struggle a little bit. They, I don't want to, you know, I'm busy this week, so put it off a couple weeks and it can drag out. If it drags out too long, that can be tough because you lose some of that momentum around mm -hmm. the work. So um, I'm certain there, I've had a few clients that are like, I want to do it. It's every week, eight weeks, we're going to do it. So over the course of two months, that's fine. The weekend workshops can be a little tricky because you are so immersed in it. 
that when you leave, there tends to be this like, well, now what? A little bit. Uh, the idea would be to build more of a sangha, again, that idea of community around it. But that's also a work in progress. But generally, it's been one-on-one -on -one work. And I have found that to be uh, incredibly powerful. That sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. need to just yeah. do it. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let us know when you schedule that weekend retreat this winter. Okay, will do. Will do. So question for you, what do you do when your mind is racing? Like if your mind is just going crazy, how do you center yourself? Yeah, well, it starts for me with breathing. Um, when we tune into our breath, it's the fastest way to come into present moment awareness. So I start by just taking some deep breaths. And then ideally, I get myself to a state where I can watch the thoughts versus being pulled in to the thoughts. So there's a part of us that's always aware. And uh, by taking some breaths, giving myself permission to come into present moment, it doesn't mean the thoughts are going to stop. I don't try to stop my thoughts because that's an effort in futility. Mm -hmm. uh, instead, I, I really do my best to, to uh, breathe and then move into a space of awareness where it's like, oh, my mind is really racing. Okay, let's take a look. Let's see, sort of becoming a curious observer. Like, what's this all about? What's going on in there? And usually something I'll sort of sift through, right? Maybe it's, wow, I've really put too much on my plate or I'm really stressed about something with my kids or uh, whatever it is. But usually if I can move into that uh, state of awareness, uh, it gives me more spaciousness so I don't have to get pulled into the, into the quagmire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Couple more questions, Betsy, before we wrap up this interview. Um, yeah. What's the main thing you want listeners to walk away with? Or, you know, what's maybe one practical, practical thing that they could do, you know, immediately to start implementing some of what you coach your clients on? Oh, sure. That's a good question. You know, I guess I would start with um, telling people to start where they are. Don't worry too much about where you need to go next but give yourself permission to start where you're at. So, um, you know, people can get overwhelmed really fast with the amount of advice out there. Mm -hmm. And um, if we can just take a moment, again, maybe it's as simple as taking one deep breath and just reminding yourself yeah, that there's nothing you need to add or do or accomplish in this moment but to start where you're at so that you can be more mindful really about how you're going to move through your life versus well, I have to do this right away or I'm going to change my diet, change my exercise, change and start meditating every day. I'm going to like just start where you're at so that it becomes manageable and not another chore, you know, another thing you have to do, but instead it becomes a way of how you are and, uh, in the world, if that if that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. it does make yes. sense. And, okay, and good. if I wanted to start a meditation practice and I had never meditated before, what what would you suggest I do? How would I get started? Yeah, I mean, certainly you could do things like use an app. I think a lot of those apps are really great because they give you feedback on like, I've done it this many days or I've done it. And that is just, you know, our brains like those little those little hits of like, you know, the gold star, I got a gold star for <laughs> my meditation today or whatever. Uh, my teacher has an app called Sanctuary 
it's really a great app. A number of his, uh, 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 many of his practices, uh, as including the Yoga Nidra practices are, are on that app. So, uh, and I think there's a place even when you sign up for Sanctuary, when you buy one uh, a subscription, I think they donate one, which is really cool. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's still going on. I'm not sure if it was just in the introduction phase, but um, and he adds meditations to it uh, and ninja practices uh, all the time. So that's one option. But, you know, headspace, calm, 10% happier, um, waking up with Sam Harris. There are a number of apps. So that's, that's and uh, Light Watkins, Bliss More with Light. He's, he's amazing. Um, one of my mentors, Tracy Stanley, she also has some meditations, I believe, on her website. Uh, that's Tracy with two E's and Stanley with an E. Um, so those are all great resources if you are just looking for, you know, let's just start somewhere. Yeah. The other piece is if you don't want to do anything that specific, let's say, is I often will tell clients, start by waking up every morning with a sense of gratitude. Just start by committing every morning when I wake up, I'm really grateful I woke up today. I'm grateful uh -huh. I'm here today. That's step one. Another thing to maybe add is what I call one perfect breath. So for people who are like, ah, I just can't meditate. My mind is too busy. The, how about right when you wake up in the morning, you put your feet flat on the floor and be present in your inhale and present with your exhale. And just commit to that for a period of time, whether it's 10 days or 20 days or 40 days. Um, and if that seems easy, then 10 breaths. You know, start by just getting up every morning, take 10 breaths doesn't take more than just a couple of minutes. So really, you know, you have to find the entryway that's going to resonate the most for you before it's like every day, 30 days, twice, you know, 30 minutes, twice a day or something. It just becomes too much. So it's more about, you know, um, it's like flexing a spiritual muscle. So it's, I was saying before traditional wisdom for modern life, but I also call it like personal training for your soul, you know, oh, like just that. take Take the time, yeah, take yeah. the time to, to build that muscle, build that connection with any practice, whatever that looks like for you, that you can commit to, that'll start to, to introduce you to a part of yourself that, that maybe you didn't know before, and, mm -hmm. then, and then it'll build from there. Yeah, I love that one perfect breath. I think that's so easy, and that's something very manageable for people to commit to when they wake up in the yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just starting the day with gratitude. Exactly. That's also just like such a simple thing that really anybody should be able to. Yeah. 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 Should, for sure. Shift. Um, well, as we wrap up this interview, the one question we like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? Well, the art of living well means that I'm living an intentional life where I feel a sense of meaning and purpose where I feel a sense of freedom, joyfulness, uh, where I feel loving and loved. I think all of those things are, are important to living well. Try to make it concise. <laughs> and one more question for you, Betsy. Yeah. Where can we find you? Are you leading any workshops? I, I heard a rumor that you're a part of a band called Stereo Kitchen. <laughs> you might be performing. Tell us a little bit quickly, you know, where we can, where we can seek you out. <laughs> 
Sure, sure. Well, for sure in my website, which is just uh, .com, uh there's information about how to get in touch with me if you're looking for one-on-one -on -one work. I do have a Sankalpa and Yoga Nidra workshop coming up on November 16th at the Yoga Center Retreat. Uh, and I do have a link to that on my website as well. If you look under workshops, you can, it'll link to it and you can um, hold your spot there. Stereo Kitchen is a band. I'm a backup singer in a band. Uh, pure, talking about joy, it's just pure joy and fun. And uh, I think we have an upcoming gig in February at Bunker's Bar, downtown Minneapolis. So yes, we can be yogis and still uh, rock out, I think. Yeah. And tell us what kind of music you guys, what genre. We're, yeah, we're just a cover band. It's a little bit of everything, alternative, R&B, country. It's, it's really just, just a lot of fun, just pure joy, pure yeah. joy. I've heard them play numerous times and it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love drawing. You guys are great. <laughs> thank I'm you. Thank. To go in, I'm excited to go in February for sure. Good. Good, good. Thank you. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. We loved having you. Thank it you. It was absolutely my pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we know our listeners are going to take away a lot from this conversation that we had, and we will link up all the references that you made and upcoming workshops and where to find you. Those will be on our show notes for everyone. So if you're driving in the car right now or can't write down some of the things Betsy mentioned, um, no fear. You can, um, we'll have those all linked up. And have a great day. Thanks, you ladies as well. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Before we wrap up this episode, we want to let all our Minneapolis and Twin Cities listeners know that we are holding our Healthy Gut 101 workshop on Tuesday, November 19th in Minneapolis at Modern Well, where we will uncover what gut health is and why it's all the buzz these days, how to achieve a healthy gut, and we'll go over our simple strategies that you'll be able to implement immediately to improve the health of your gut. For more information and to register, you can head to theartoflivingwell.us backslash programs. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.